This is Two Guys in a River. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. We're two lifelong friends who love fly fishing for trout. Our podcast is all about helping you catch more fish and deepening your love of the time you spend on the river. We are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. The most popular piece we've ever written for our Two Guys in a River website was the one titled The Ten Commandments of Waiting. I think I'm right on that, Dave. Yeah, it is by far by like three times. Wow. Yeah, we're able to track the number of hits we get, and that one definitely has the most. And we're glad that it does because waiting has to be done safely or it can cost you your life. So today we're going to review these Ten Commandments. We're going to talk about them and see if there are any other points that need to be made. Now, I want to give credit where credit is due. Uh, the source of these Ten Commandments is Dwayne Dunham. He is a fine fly fisher from Oregon. And Dr. Dunham created a handout for a class he taught on fly fishing at a local community college somewhere in the Portland area. And he gave me a copy of this years ago. And so that's where we're getting this from. So basically you have stolen intellectual property. <laughs> no, I'm, I'm giving him credit. <laughs> he listens to the podcast and he hasn't sued us yet, but you just gave him that idea. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Hey, we are really grateful for the Ten Commandments. They're just yeah, terrific, terrific Yeah, help. they really are. So here we go. Let's talk about the Ten Commandments of waiting. The first is the faster the river is flowing, the lower the depth level you can wade. I have to say that this entire conversation raises the question for me, why am I waiting anyway? I'm starting to ask that more and more. Yeah, and that's a great question. Uh, and, and sometimes there's just this assumption that you're going to wait. I'm thinking, well, yeah, maybe not. Yeah, maybe so not. So this means, this point specifically means waiting only in mid-thigh uh, water, right? If it's swift water. If I'm waiting that deep in, in mid-thigh or higher, often the only time I do that is if I'm using to cross the river so I can get up river you know maybe there's too much right. brush on one mm -hmm. side of the yeah. river or something now mm -hmm. if you're in the big rivers and you're standing in the river all day and you're up to your you know above your waist if it's really swift moving water I think you really need to question yeah. whether that's even worth doing right no not at all I mean it's okay to wait in slower stretches of say the lower Madison or the Wyoming Bighorn but, but even there you got to be careful Dave, I remember, I don't know if, I don't think we've ever talked about this. I don't know if you felt this sensation or not, but when I was wading in the Wyoming Bighorn, I mean, that was a great river to wade. It was, the current was gentle. The, you know, the, the bottom, the river bottom was not, you it was know. sandy, was Yeah, it? it wasn't those grease boulders like you find in the Yellowstone. And, and, and I remember wading, you know, as deep as I've ever waded, I was, you know, I was up close to my chest and it was fine, but but I did in that much water. I noticed how easy it was to drift, and and I had to be careful because when you start drifting, you can't just you know wheel around and uh, you're in so much water. So that's where uh, one of our listeners re recommended, and I think it's in the comments on, on this article, recommended a personal flotation device, a PFD. And I, I thought, well, you know, that might seem like overkill, but I thought if, if I was fishing a river where I knew I needed to wade, you know, deep to get to a particular run, I, I'd consider yeah, that. for because... sure. Many of the creeks we fish are so small, 
And then right. we fish some of the bigger rivers, Madison, Missouri, et cetera, et cetera. But if I were fishing only big rivers, yeah. I would definitely add a personal yeah. flotation, uh, flotation it device. It really makes sense. Yeah. So the second one is keep your strides short. Yeah, that's important because panic leads to larger strides, which can uh, result in getting stuck in the current with your feet about a yard apart. And that that really makes balance yeah, difficult. Sure does. You know, so then when you try to take a step, the, the current assaults the, the one leg in which you're standing, and it really raises the odds that, that you're going to fall. You want to feel with your foot before you place it on yeah, the river bottom. Right. So a shorter stride makes this easier if you discover an obstruction. You can, you, you've not committed with that, with that step, and you're three feet apart, or you're probably not that far, but two feet apart. So Yeah, and, and this may not say, maybe it's hard to visualize this, but... All you have to do, if you're standing in a river and your feet are together, just try it sometime where it's relatively safe and and take a step, you know, straddle, have, have your feet about three feet apart, you know, with, with say you're back to the current or you can be facing the current. And all of a sudden there's two pressure points, not just one. And, and the force that you feel is just a lot greater. And, and the problem is what you first mentioned, right? It's the panic and the anxiety. Yeah. And that ends up causing you to do stupid things. Yeah, it really and, does. And and it's so hard to maintain your sense of cool oh, when you I know. start to feel like you're trapped. I, I've even, when I've crossed some some kind of, uh, what, sketchy stretches and and boy, I'm kind of relieved in that last 10, you know, I finally get into shallow water in that last, you know, maybe 10 feet or 10 yards. Then I, I almost want to run, which is sort of that, that panic instinct. I think, no, you, you can't do that because, uh, yeah, bad things happen. All right, here's number three. Commandment number three is make sure you have the right souls. Now, the best souls for fast-moving rivers with smooth rock bottoms uh, like the, the Yellowstone River, or, or actually those rocks are, yeah, they, they're very smooth, they're slick. Uh, the problem is the best souls for those have fallen out of favor, and we're talking about felt soles. Now, the concern is that fly fishers who do not fully dry out their soles and then fish in a different stream or river contribute to the spread of invasive species. And, and that's a debated topic, and we're not going to get into that today but the fact is i mean felt is on its way out. it is and yellowstone national park now outlaws felt soles yeah so and quite frankly i i just don't use rubber soles oh, they just no I, they just don't i work. mean i i would prefer not to i would yeah. wait if i did not use what we you know what yeah. we use each other was for patagonia foot tractors yep. that have those uh those metal yeah um, the kind of zigzagged yeah. aluminum bars yeah the bars yeah not Blades. Yeah, yeah but, <laughs> not blades. Yeah. Wow, bars. No, no wonder your traction's so good, huh? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Kind of like the bottom of an ice skate, huh? Let's get well, we're blades. no shill for Patagonia foot tractors. They don't. No, pay us no, we're not. Wouldn't but, it be but, nice uh, if they did. I know. That's right. Yeah, you know, but they don't. Podcast. No, but I tell you, both of us use them. I think you oh. got got it first. You're often the first mover <laughs> yeah. on on good gear, and then yeah. I'm a fast follower. That's right. Um, but they have that zigzag aluminum bars, and boy, the traction. Oh, I know. Just that's is, that's yeah. that's the only good alternative we found. And we've had some listeners who've said that they that they like rubber soles, but I I've never met a rubber sole that's uh, yeah. that's worked for me. And I mean that's that's some of the good brands. So anyway, we're not telling you uh, what to do by foot tractors, yeah. but uh, <laughs> yeah, make sure you have the right soles. 
All right, so that's number three. Here's number four, use a waiting staff. Uh, for, for years, I simply used a stout branch. I, I think of one section of the Boulder River uh, south of Big Timber, Montana, that, that I had to cross to get to this, this little uh, channel, and it was great. And it was about thigh deep, and, and the water's moving. The current's pretty fast, so I would always hunt around, and there was some deadfall, and I'd, I'd find a branch, and I'd make my way across. Well, then uh, a few years ago, I purchased a Norvis wading staff in Boise, Idaho, and Sims makes one, too. In fact, I, I went back and forth between fly shops. I think the Idaho Angler had Sims, and there was a Norvis shop that had uh, the the Orvis one, obviously. And and I tried them both, and, and at the end of the day, I mean, the price was about the same. Maybe the Orvis was just a bit cheaper, but I figured out that I can assemble and disassemble the Orvis in seconds in, in a lot less time. So uh, that's what I went with. Uh, again, there's a lot of other reasons to use a waiting staff, but if you're going to be waiting in in you know swift current and in anything that's deep, you you just need that extra stability. Well, I like the waiting staff, and we mentioned this in a previous podcast. But uh, you and I just fished uh, this fall Willow Creek, and in fishing, that is just a it is a physically demanding yeah creek. It really is it, it's yeah. just hard to fish because there's no bank and so you're always in the river and it's full of these rocks and and it's not deep so it'd be tough to drown but it'd be very easy to yeah. break your head on to, oh yeah to get a concussion or to break a leg drown. yeah and then you drown right so the staff there was pr- i don't think i've ever used a waiting staff so heavily as i did that day on that creek and and so you know we're talking about wading probably in deeper water but really even if it's not deep that wading staff uh just is something that becomes that third leg and and i've really grown to depend on it yeah so important what else dave well the fifth is to angle downstream when crossing a river and this enables you to work with the current and not against the current and physics plays such a, a role in, it in sure thinking does. about waiting, the, doesn't the it? The current will actually push you along. And remember commandment two, which is to take short strides. When you th- I, Living here in the Chicago area, every fall, or not every fall, every summer, you hear about people drowning. Usually it's on the, on the east side of Lake Michigan. And it's because people will be, will be swimming and there'll be the riptide that oh, carries yeah. them out. Mm-hmm. And and they can't fight the riptide back. Yeah. And, and the people who end up surviving that, they'll swim downstream parallel to the shore instead of yeah. trying to get back okay. and yep. then come back at an angle. But it, it has some of the same uh, effect, which is you're trying to do something that doesn't fight the current. Yeah. You're not directly fighting the current. So this idea of angling downstream when crossing a river is pretty basic. And, yeah. But it's elemental, and it's something that you should think about as you as you cross back and yeah. forth. And it helps with the fatigue factor, which which is related to safety. I mean, if you're if you're letting the river push you along and kind of push you down as you angle to the side, it works a lot better. All right, we're revisiting the topic of wading today with a focus on wading safely. What's the sixth commandment? Again, this seems patently obvious, but don't try to turn around in a fast current. And this is where a lot of anglers get into trouble. Wow, that's so true. And when you're in that moment, you're in a bad place. Let's just call it for what it is. Yeah. And I think you can, 
Mm. The, your options are using a sidestep or back up really carefully, but not try to turn around. And to remember, again, the other commandment, which is to take short strides, and then the other commandment, which is to angle downstream as you back towards the bank. Uh, number seven, wear a wading belt with your chest waders. Uh, seat belts save lives, and I, I've, I've experienced that. I, I've told the story before about the time I rolled my uh, little truck and landed upside down in a, uh, in a small creek. And, was that uh, in Montana? That was in Montana, and it was uh, kind of one of those back roads. Uh, it was just really slick that day, and I, I was only going about 20, but I, I came to a hairpin turn and, and tried to brake and just didn't work. It had anti-lock brakes, but you know, nothing caught, and so I just slid right over this embankment, rolled this truck, right? It was a... It's like a Chevy S10 right on top of this little stream. And, uh, yeah, but that, that seat belt saved my life. I'm convinced of it. Well, that's what wading belts do. Uh, they keep your chest waders from filling up with water if you slip and take an unexpected bath. So uh, if, if you forget about your wading belt, uh, you know, forget about waiting for the day. I mean, we're, we're dead serious yeah, about that. go home. And we've had a couple listeners recommend a second wading belt. Uh, the first one is around your waist, but the second is at the top of your waders, around your chest. My guess is, is if you're wading that deep where you need that second belt, and, and many yeah. of you may do that if you're fishing yeah. some of those bigger rivers. I don't know. That's that's right. And maybe, maybe that second belt needs to be that PFD, that personal flotation right, right. device. Yeah, that, that's a good yeah. point. So, so, yes, if you're fishing those bigger rivers, I would definitely recommend that second wading belt. Yeah. The next is if you fall in, don't try to stand up too quickly. And I remember one of my worst uh, falls in a river was in Yellowstone. It was probably 20 years ago. And we were fishing, and we were trying to walk around where we now, up on Tower Fall, we now climb up around. Yeah. Uh, we climb up this cliff to get to this different section of the river. But before we try to walk in the river, we walk right alongside the bank. Yeah. And we did yeah. that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And you were ahead of me. You did not see me fall. And, and oh, I. Man. I was just being greedy. I was moving too fast. I'd caught a fish. I couldn't get it off fast enough. And, so and I you could... saw me up ahead of you. Yeah, exactly. As I do, racing to the exactly. next run. Oh, and man. I slipped. And I hit. I lost my rod. Well, for a few minutes, I yeah. lost my I let go of my rod. And I, I don't know how far downstream I went. It's probably not as far as I'm imagining right now. But I probably went down 10 yards, 20 yards. And at that point, I was able to get to shore and, and stand up. But I have never been so scared. And wow. I was so cold. It was a beautiful day out. But that that uh, Yellowstone River water oh, man. is unbelievable. Yeah. It's such yeah. a shock. So what do you do if you're in that situation? So I think if you fall in, you do need to keep your feet downriver, pointed downriver, okay. and stay in a sitting position and wait until you reach knee-deep water before you try to stand up. And I do think you need to start mm. angling towards the shore. Yeah. I, and and I suppose then by that sitting position, what, that that's going to protect your head? I mean, the, right, exactly. your feet You're, are going to hit the rocks. Hit rock. the rocks, yeah, yeah not your head. Okay. That, well, that probably is the most important. Yep. But again, I don't even know how to say this. Don't let the panic get the best of you because it's going to get the best of you. Oh man, I, I felt that this summer, Dave. Do you remember when we were, or this fall, when we were fishing the 
the uh, inlet to Quake Lake, you know, they're in the Madison River, and we, we walked through this, uh, this big silted sandy area, and there was this gorgeous deep, deep run. Deep run, yeah. So right at the edge of it as we get up there, I, I stepped into, I don't know how else to describe it, it was sinking sand, it wasn't quicksand, but, you know, I, I went in almost, well, I don't know, it was, it was maybe ankle deep but it you know just experiencing that i i think i started to twist around and i fell down and you know i'm i'm in what maybe a foot and a half of water but i remember feeling that that kind of that panic and i just had to remind myself to stop and, and think and i i yeah I, I pulled my my feet out okay and kind of got on my my hand, at least with one hand, and held the rod out of the water and, and got up. We haven't really I, talked I just... about that. I had that same experience that day. Oh, yeah? Where you you sink and you yeah. and you can't get that foot out. Oh, man. I, you know, and I've had some places, Dave, along the East Gallatin. You know, you and I fished that before where there's, there's not a lot of transition, you know, from bank to, to river. It's not like you have gravel. And... There are some places that are just muddy, and I remember one time too, just kind of stepping in that the river, like whoa, started to sink. And isn't that true along Canfield? Yeah, We've had absolutely. Some of those. There's definitely you, some places where you just go straight down. Yeah, and I mean, I haven't heard, I haven't heard of anybody drowning because of that, but you, you got to think that's happened. That. Yeah. Somebody's gotten stuck in in the mud and you can't get out. That's a and your other feeling. left foot that you're starting to put weight on that sinking yeah, as well. Yeah, like oh man. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, tough stuff. And then just the, the the suction to pull it out of there. You got to be really careful with that. Yeah, for sure. Well, the next one, which is uh, number nine, is to let your fly rod go. I did that that day. I think I did it not because I was you know thinking strategically. Let it go. Let it go. How does that? It's just like the, how's the, isn't there the song "Let It Go" in, in Frozen? Frozen? Yeah, uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah, I, I've have watched that so many times with my little girl, but yeah. Yeah. Uh, I try to not remember those yeah, songs. That's right. Sorry for bringing um, it up. Yes, hearing you sing that is almost as painful as letting my rod go, my nine hundred dollar <laughs> sage rod go down the river, right? But if you need to use your hands, you know, mm. you do. Sometimes you do yeah, need your hands right. to stroke to shore. And sure. I do think in that mm-hmm. moment, let everything go yeah. and focus on safety, even exactly. if you think you're going to be okay. Yeah. Um, and I uh, I just think you need to let the rod go and let yeah. and let bygones be bygones. You know, exactly. Whatever happens, happens. And there can be an upside in that too, yes, can't there, Dave? Can. Yeah. You need a new fly rod. And exactly. you've wanted that new model anyway. Yeah. So. <laughs> yeah. And hey, you might recover your uh, rod downstream, but but absolutely. And and I, I have to remind myself of that because first thing I think is, man, I can't let my say or my Winston go, but you may have to. You yeah. may have to. Yeah. You just... At that point, it's all hands on deck, meaning those yeah. two hands, and that rod's got to go. <laughs> That's exactly right. All right, here's number 10. Uh, don't wade fish alone. I mean, I, I know maybe this can't be the absolute uh, rule, but uh, well, but it probably should be. You can fish alone, but but don't wade like you would. And, and you, know, you think, well, maybe I can wade in more shallow stuff. Yeah, but more shallow leads to deeper stuff, or even in more shallow stuff you can fall. I just don't think it's worth the risk. I mean, at least avoid certain rivers or stretches or runs. I think if you can do that, you know, you can never eliminate risk completely, but minimize the the risk. Here's a corollary to that, and it 
it goes back to the question that I raised at the beginning. Why am I waiting anyway? And yes, again, some of those big rivers, those big steelhead runs, yes, you have to wait. I get that. But so much, like even on the Yellowstone, where are the fish? And we've said this, they're on the banks. Yeah. Now you may have yep. to wait out so that you can get, you know, can get the right. angle in mm-hmm. and, and to cast the fly to them. But I think of the decision you, know, I've made, you and I have made on some rivers that we're just not going to wade that much. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And and we're yes, we have to cross the river at points, um, but those tend to be smaller creeks. Like the boulder is like that. But the boulder's hard to walk through because it's got those same boulders. I don't know. Do you find yeah. that true? Oh, absolutely. It's really miserable it to is. walk up. Yeah. It's kind of like the Yellowstone. I yeah. try to. I try not to wait on that and just yeah. sneak up to the runs and and do that and only yep. cross it when I have to. Yep. Oh, yeah. I know it. I, I guess to wrap this up, I mean, if if you've rolled your eyes at any of these Ten Commandments of waiting, just let me remind you how shocked your body will be by the cold the temps. cold temperatures. Yep. Yeah, those big freestone rivers in the West and. And even in other places, it's just not something that you want to mess around with. And and one slip up, you know, it's not just drowning, right? It's a broken right. arm or worse, a head injury. I always think about what would happen if we're back four miles up the Yellowstone and you broke your leg. Then oh, what? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're there. I yep. have to, I'd have to go back. Yeah. You're mm-hmm. there. Yep. By yourself. I mean, enjoy the yep. evening, right? Yeah. Um, because <laughs> and the visit from the grizzly bears. And the visit the from wolves. the grizzly, yeah. exactly. And it's not just drowning, right? It's, it's right. It's the breaking of the leg or turning of the yeah. ankle and or the concussion or the. I mean, it's anyway. yep, 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 yepers, <laughs> yeah. yepers. Yeah. <laughs> well, the point is here. My grandpa would say, "Use your kopf." Well, he was German. It's probably peasant German, and or how I'm pronouncing yeah. it is not even how he said it. But use your kopf. Well, we'll do that, Dave. Yeah. Well, that's <laughs> commandment. That's commandment number eleven. Use your kopf. Yeah, use that, your head. Oh, that, that's right. Well, before we come up with the twelfth, that's even worse. Uh, yeah, let's go to great stuff from our listeners. Oh and we have a comment today on waiting. This is from a longtime listener. His name is David. Uh, we published a recent article on five more suggestions for safe waiting, and I think we worked most of those into this podcast as well. But this is his comment. He says, as we get older, it's essential that we slow down and concentrate, study the water before stepping in, such as the depth, speed of the current, the type of bottom it is, are the rocks covered in slime, is the bottom mud or gravel, I suggest a wading staff for that extra balance. It certainly helps. Next, make sure that the wader belt... <laughs> the wader belt. Oh, man. Oh, gosh. Oh, <laughs> Next, make sure that wader belt is snug. If you do find yourself in the water, a snug wader belt... <laughs> wader belt or wading belt? Well, that's a good point. We call it a wading belt, right? I'll just say, yeah. Next, make sure that your wading belt is snug. If you do find yourself in the water, a snug wading belt will give you the extra time needed to get to shore. Something to add that I consider very important, if you do slip and fall into the water, remember to remain calm. You know, I'm, I'm laughing because I'm thinking, Dave, he... 
you know, he's doing here in a paragraph what we took a whole podcast to do. This is really a good yeah, paragraph. This is the essence. He's given yeah. us the essence right here. This I know. Now that you listen to us ramble, now we're really getting the good stuff. Okay. If you do slip and fall into the water, try to remain calm. Focus on trying to right yourself by flipping onto your belly and try to swim to shore. And Dave, I think I would add what you said too, kind of angle that way. You have to angle that way. Uh, I've read laying on your back, lying on your back, floating, feet first downstream. Yeah, absolutely. Then he goes on and says, this might be important in some cases, but you risk having your waders fill up with water. Yeah, no kidding. Uh, I've also read the best thing to do is to get to shore as soon as possible. <laughs> yeah, that's kind yeah. of an understatement, isn't it? Uh, we, he agrees yeah, sure. and we agree. Finally, uh, we said this too, even if it means letting loose of that prize fly rod, uh, what's more important, living to fish another day or drowning because you tried to save that Winston rod? Uh, once again, good post, guys. Love your podcast and articles. That's just well said. Man, that really is well said. He just well digested said. everything we yeah. said in the last 30 minutes. That I know. I'm, I'm envious. He, yeah, he did it much good. more concisely. Well, that's going to do it for today. We'd love to hear your stories or suggestions or tips about waiting. Please comment on this podcast link at twoguysintheriver.com. What have you learned about waiting safely? And thank you for referring our podcast to your TU chapter, Fly Fishing Club, friends, any of your network. We appreciate that. That is how we grow. We'd also love to hear your ideas for upcoming episodes. Just send those to us. Perhaps email's the best. Steve, Dave, that's one word, at twoguysintheriver.com. One more thing, be sure to purchase our book, The Fly Fisher's Book of Lists. Life is short. Catch more fish. You can find that on Amazon. Well, thanks again for listening. I'm Steve Mathewson. And I'm Dave Getz. Until next time, we are Two Guys in a River. For the love of fly fishing. <laughs> <laughs>